You know, I've, I've always been of the opinion that how are you is a really loaded question. And I, and I think that's, you know, because that is how my brain works. Like when somebody says, how are you? I almost can't speak for a minute. I, <laughs> yeah, I have to, I see some nodding. I have to figure out what that means <laughs> to them. And then I have to figure out what that means to me. <laughs> and then I have to decide uh, what's relevant. <laughs> and then I have to break it down into some sizable <laughs> response that's appropriate to the <laughs> conversation. And, uh, time allotted and then I think that's how most people end up with fine <laughs> because you really have to fast forward at some point <laughs> and uh you know I think I I think our fine is shorthand for that's a big question thank you very much <laughs> and you know in COVID, during COVID, I think more people are on board with me <laughs> in that respect. Uh, you ask somebody how they are, and it's just, you get this deer in headlights <laughs> response back from them. And, you know, and of course, as we do, we've even come up with some new language, some new fun responses, like, you know, new definitions like COVID. Oh, you're COVID good. Yeah which means good, but like downgraded, you know, <laughs> like a lot of crappy things are happening, but it's COVID. So if you're not, you know, dead or out of a job or <laughs> sick, then you're okay. So COVID good is just kind of baseline crummy, but still fine. And then, you know, it goes up and down from there. COVID good, actual good is, you know, what I really like to hear. I'm actual good. <laughs> that makes me feel warm and fuzzy when I find out someone's actual good, real good, non-COVID good. <clears throat> and, you know, so I've been, I have a friend who thinks, who thinks like I do, and it's so refreshing uh, to be in, we're in pretty, pretty, pretty much in daily touch right now and it's quite lovely because my the way my brain works is sort of reflected back in the way her brain works and we can we can talk and we can uh, message and we can send each other things and not a lot of translation is needed which is very lovely you know and so I noticed uh you know, that when I, so over the months, we have sort of been working out that, uh, that question, how are you? Because I really want to know, you know, she's a good friend. I really want to know. She really wants to know. And actually, I should be using they. I really want to know. They really want to know. But the question is not productive. And so we've been working through all these different ways of getting to the answer to that question without asking it. So uh, one thing they tried with a different friend of theirs is, you know, <laughs> what color am I? <laughs> what colors are happening right now for me? Uh, or let's see, uh, 
what's another one? Well, I suggested just saying, like when we get together or talk, I suggest just saying, hi, okay, you go. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then they're free just to, you know, you they can answer whatever question you want. <laughs> okay, you go. <laughs> Which I love because that's very short shorthand you know very shortcut straight to the chase uh, uh, but what I realized and I think it's um, very very much been cultivated through my years of practice is uh, what I realized I really want to know when I'm asking someone how are you I want to know what have you been reflecting on lately that's what I want to know what have you been reflecting on lately uh, so, you know, that, that might lead someone to talking about their difficulties of the week, or it might lead someone to talking about what's gone well for them, or it might lead someone to talking about their, their family or their friends. Um, but it's, it's uh, quite a bit more interesting to me to know uh, how they've been reflecting on those things, how they've been reflecting on those um, experiences. That is uh, an indication to me of how somebody really is, is how they're taking in uh, the day-to-day -day life, things that happen and the more difficult things and the, the surprises uh, and uh, what they're, what they're doing with those things in their heart and in their mind and in whatever practice they have to sift through uh, their experiences. <clears throat> and as you know, certainly it's because I've been trained in this, uh, in this tradition, in this practice to always come back to that, you know, Yoniso Manasikara, that, um, wise reflection that looking at things through the lens of dhamma and uh, you know of course people i talk to other than you guys <laughs> aren't necessarily looking at things through the through the lens of dhamma uh, but it's a much more sort of interesting and productive conversation when i'm uh, when i'm talking to someone who uh, has develop some of those reflective um, qualities and is interested in looking at their uh, life through the lens of of wise reflection whatever that means to them uh, and so you know I don't know if I'll be you know, normalizing the term what are you reflecting on <laughs> uh, anytime soon I don't know if I'll be my my cop my barista is here <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm reflecting on gratitude right now <laughs> um, but I do know that you no know, it it's very energizing to have those kinds of conversations to reflect with other people in a in a thoughtful way in a, in a practiced way. You know, one of the things that I'm 
I'm reflecting on um, this week is is right speech, and it came out of a and a conversation that I was having with my my kids, as things do often. me a coffee but I, I duped him this time and I stayed in here and so <laughs> so he brought it it's not sweet but it's a different kind of a right speech conversation than I than you would think and normally all the lessons I learned about right speech with my kids are you know based in wrong speech <laughs> so kind of not quite right speech or not quite there yet speech uh, uh, we're still learning <laughs> speech that's what we have in our house you know right speech everywhere else but here is we're still learning <laughs> speech and but the other day you know we were having these this really interesting conversation it went on for a while in the house and then you know we continued it in the car and it was all about uh, uh vibes you know that's the term that I use and I know <laughs> I you know probably maybe people of a certain age but you know, I was sort of teaching my kids and, and learning from them about what that means to them. You know, what, is it, what does it mean to you when you come into a room and detect a vibe? You know, what does it feel like? How do you process it? When I say vibe, you know, what does that mean to you? And, and they sort of said, um, you know, it's the feeling that something's going on. You don't quite understand it. Or there's a feeling to the room, but and you do understand it right away, but it's just sort of, sort of there. And we were talking about, you know, what do you do when you walk into a room and you detect a vibe? I think that uh, some people, like me, get a little bit flipped out. <laughs> What's going on in here? <laughs> What color is this room? You know, what's the vibe here? How do I, uh, how do I respond? What's going on? I need to know the content. You know, a lot of us are really focused on uh, once we feel something, once we detect something, uh, we want to understand the, the content. We want to, we want to get that story straight right away. You know, the Buddha talked about that, that first we sort of, uh, have a feeling, you know, oh, there's something, there's something good, there's something bad, there's something positive, there's something negative, I'm having a response in my body, uh, and then we sort of pretty quickly after that start to look around for the story, and if we can't figure out the story, pretty quickly we start to make it up, you know, and that's the, the super fast, um, super highway route to proliferation, we go from vibe to story in, you know, two seconds flat. So it's asking, you know, what do you do? What do you do when you sense a vibe? And then flipping it, um, what do you do when you brought the vibe? <laughs> when you realize that you are the vibe, that uh, 
what do you do when you realize that you've you know brought something into the room that has made everyone kind of sit up and notice and wonder what's going on here why did the mood change i know that probably we all know someone um or we all are someone <laughs> sometimes uh, that can walk into a room and really change the vibe of it you know we might have a parent or a you know an authority figure or a child or something that uh, that seems to to bring a vibe wherever they go and you feel it as soon as they walk into the room uh, or other people feel us as soon as we walk into the room it's hard to know when we're bringing a vibe <laughs> is there a way to um to notice that and to let it go so that was a really interesting conversation with my kids and um, i love listening to kids answer these kinds of questions because you know nobody really asked them right and uh, they've certainly been thinking about it because kids have to deal with their adult vibes all the time that's I mean, that's certainly how I grew up. There was always something uh, kind of a weird and unspoken happening in rooms that I had just walked into. It wasn't necessarily super bad, uh, but there was always something, and kids are uh, quite the good detectives, you know. So we, you know, we left the house and we continued this conversation in the car, and it was really interesting. And then I asked the kids, um, would you consider our house a friendly place overall or an unfriendly place overall? And they both um, agreed that it's a friendly place overall and it can change quickly. Ouch. I really did not like that when I was growing up. When some place was friendly overall, but it could change on a dime. That was really, really hard uh, to live with as a child when things would just change really quickly and you couldn't really sort out why or how to respond or how to, you know, continue on, or how to suss out the vibe. Uh, so that's that's tough to hear, but useful. I appreciated that. And then I asked them uh, to say more about it, and and I asked Ethan specifically. Julia loves these conversations, so she's just going and going and going. And uh, we had to ask her to you know slow her roll so Ethan could uh, jump in. And and he said he said you know mom the other day you were really pretty sad about that dad is going back to work in May. And I said, yeah, I, I am. I feel sad about that transition. It's going to, things are going to really change. And he said, well, you know, if you're so sad about dad leaving or going back to work, you should make an effort to be nicer to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, 
I would say that I'm not the worst <laughs> and that, <laughs> and that, <laughs> and that, you know, in my defense, <laughs> kids don't always know what's going on, <laughs> but they can detect a vibe, right? You know, if your spouse, partner, friend, teacher, you know, student, is doing something for the 80th time that you don't like, you know, you might give them a look, you might shut down, you might, even if you don't lash out, you can kind of bring those signals to that person to let them know, oh, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this. And there's the vibe. Now, there it is. Even if you're not saying anything, even if you're not speaking out of wrong speech, which we really try not to do in our house, you can control the vibe. And kids are no dummies. You know, they're picking that up and it doesn't feel nice to them. Uh, so I started crying. I was, I teared up right away. I started crying. I'm driving the car, you know, trying to like get out of the rear view mirror so they can't see that I've become emotional. And, and uh, Ethan, Ethan started apologizing. Oh, I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to upset you. And, and I and it was this opportunity to, to, to have a conversation then, to have a little teaching about right speech. And I said, well, what you said to me uh, was useful, beneficial. It was true. It was actually spoken quite kindly. And... I asked for your thoughts, and so it was spoken at the right time. My friend calls uh, those questions that we ask ourselves about right speech, she calls, she's been teaching her kids that they're the gates. Now, how many gates did you walk through before you said that? None. Okay, <laughs> these are the gates. All of your speech needs to pass through these gates, so let's, let's wash the gates. You know, and I, I recognize that what he said had truly passed through all the gates. It was absolutely right speech. And when somebody is uh, offering something absolutely in right speech, uh, it can still elicit a dramatic <laughs> emotional response. But that is nothing that uh, Ethan needs to be um, feel responsible for or worried about or to try to stop or to apologize. Uh, in fact, you know, when somebody says something to me that is true and useful and kind and spoken at the right time and it elicits a, a, a strong emotional response, uh, that's when I know that it's getting through, that something true and helpful and kind has gotten through to that, um, to that place where I can wisely reflect on it.
it's like when we have an insight, like a true insight um, in this practice about our own behavior, um, it, it can be jarring, you know, but it feels good. And often, uh, especially in this tradition where we spend a lot of time with teachers and mentors and reading books and listening to Dhamma talks, those insights can come through hearing um, something that's true and useful, something that's spoken in right speech. And it just goes straight to the heart. Uh, and we're sharing in that insight. We're sharing in that truth. We're connecting to, reflecting on uh, that truth that's just been offered to us. So I think that <laughs> when I do these, um, my daughter has a YouTube channel now all about slime, making slime. Yes. And um, I was, they go on and on and on like this. There's so much footage and I'm in charge of editing it. So at a point, you know, during our filming, I always have to say, okay, now it's time for in conclusion, <laughs> in conclusion. <laughs> so in conclusion, uh, you know, I think it's really useful to um, recognize that when we've offered right speech, when we've passed through all those gates, especially the one where somebody asked for it or wanted it, that's really important because then that means they're interested in hearing what you have to say. They'll be able to um, sift it, you know, reflect on it. And if they have a big emotional response, it's not our responsibility. That's okay. You know, we can, you know, other people can, their karma moves through in unpredictable ways. And so if we're in right speech and they're having a big um, response to it, that's okay, you know. We can have compassion. That's the next right thing is to bring compassion. And, uh, you know, if somebody says something to us that's true and useful and beneficial, uh, even maybe if it's not kind or at the right time, but especially if it is, and we have a big emotional response, uh, then we can remember, we can remind ourselves that that's not their responsibility. That actually it's um, an opportunity to be really thankful for or appreciative uh, for uh, receiving some kind of message that goes to the heart, that makes us think, that allows us to be uh, reflective. And we don't, you know, we don't get to, to put it back on them. We don't get to lash out or make it their fault. Because we're feeling it. Well, we should be feeling it. It's great if we do. And it's great if we can learn from these conversations. So, um, uh, as they say, uh, I'll leave that uh, for your, I'll leave it there for your reflection. Uh, take what is useful and leave the rest.